Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Kia and welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week... The dream of having a Pacific Island-owned rugby club or professional rugby club has actually been a 16-year dream. But essentially, the concept of actually going up to Hawaii and being part of the MLR, that evolved really during COVID. The first Pacific Island-owned professional rugby team is now a reality. A Tahitian football star is offered the chance to play in Europe. And a Pacific Island rugby league team based in New Caledonia and Vanuatu tries to maintain its momentum in the face of COVID-19. First up, Major League Rugby has approved the initial application for a new Pacific Island-owned professional rugby club to be based in Hawaii. Kanaloa Hawaii Rugby's backers include former All Blacks Anthony Tuatavake, Ben Artinga, John Afor, Jerome Kainor and Joe Rokotoko. The club's co-founder and chief executive Tracy Artinga says the ownership group have been working towards this milestone for a long time. The dream of having a Pacific Island-owned rugby club or professional rugby club has actually been a 16-year dream. But essentially, the concept of actually going up to Hawaii and being part of the MLR, that evolved really during COVID. One of our good colleagues and obviously one of the co-owners, Cam Kilger, he was in LA earlier this year and last year, and he helped to establish the LA MLR franchise, and he also uh, helped to acquire the Austin franchise. He contacted us a couple of months ago, about four months ago, to let us know that Colorado had pulled out of the MLR and there was an opportunity to potentially apply for that 14th team spot. So we're really grateful that our our Uso Cam contacted us because he knew we had a passion for this. And uh, together we've just worked really hard. Myself, my husband Matt and Cam, and we've we've got the licence. I suppose the vision or the hope of a Pacific Island professional team, there have been various opportunities and uh, sort of false dawns and in years gone past, what, what what do you think has made this different? I think what's made this different is that uh, we've all come from, you know, obviously 16 plus years of industry experience here in New Zealand. Uh, that's actually provided a really good foundation for what we're trying to achieve. Uh, everybody knows, I mean, if you look at the interview that, that we had with um, Liverpool when they won, you know, it all comes back to the All Blacks. Um, and if you ask any organisation, professional organisation and high performance centre around the world, the All Blacks and the culture and everything behind what we stand for is the reason why they thrive and they succeed. So we have a team of three that are based in New Zealand and we're heading up to Hawaii to share our knowledge and to share our experiences with the MLR. The US rugby, they want to be just as good, if not better, than New Zealand rugby. And, uh, you know, this is a great opportunity for us to share resources the way that we do as Polynesian people. Financially, is this a big commitment for you and your fellow uh, club owners and, and supporters? Yeah, absolutely. It is. It's in the millions, uh, multi-millions, but uh, the good thing about it is that we've had such huge interest from investors all over the place. That opportunity for us to pull those resources together and that investment together and actually get over the line has been quite an easy road. And we are really excited already about the global uh, response we've had from major sponsors, major conglomerates who are willing to get behind us as well. So the journey's only going to become um, a lot smoother. 
in terms of players, I know you're looking for a mix of players with obviously Pacific Island heritage, Hawaiian heritage uh, from the US, New Zealand, Australia, etc. How do you balance out those competing interests? Because obviously as a Pacific Island-owned team, that's you know part of your remit really, isn't it, is to uh, promote and provide opportunities for that region. How easy is that to do in Hawaii? I think it is going to be a lot easier than any other organisation. Why? Because they're an independent state. They are not part of Samoa Rugby Union, Fiji Rugby Union, New Zealand Rugby Union, Australia Rugby Union. They're part of the US market and they have a very separate feel. But first and foremost, when we're looking at numbers, we are committed to 25% minimum Hawaiian heritage players. And that goes across our our male and female athletes. Um, We're really, really excited to make sure that, you know, we respect the fact that we're in a host state and that we want to make sure that the depth of their players and that the welfare of their players is managed in that regard. Obviously, we're looking across, like you said, the wider Pacific region. That doesn't exclude, obviously, Europe, Middle East, etc. Um, but at this stage, we're wanting to be the home base for players who want to get to that point of competition where they can play for their home nation, Samoa, Tonga Fiji, Cook Island, etc., without the requirement of having to go through the traditional uh, channels of playing professional rugby. And, of course, as it stands, MLR is, what, roughly uh, four months a year sort of... Uh competition obviously this year only uh, was curtailed because of COVID as is most of the world but um, are are players that are going to be a part of this team is this going to be able to be a full-time gig for them? Absolutely we're right into the giving back and this is where players need to understand their own value and worth for the community and for the growth of the game six months out of the year they'll be playing and if they are wanting to have a full-time commitment with us then we are going to provide opportunities for coaching and development and ambassador work and mentorship you know, it's really crucial that our athletes get that opportunity to share their skills, their knowledge and their insights and obviously their culture with the wider community, especially our babies coming through the ranks. You know, they're our future uh, sports people of the world. So um, definitely going to be opportunities for all our players, both uh, female and male, to have some type of full-time commitment to the club. And you mentioned that obviously you guys are a, a private grouping that have put this bid together. You're not affiliated with Samoa Fiji Tonga rugby unions, etc. Um, but have you been in conversations with them? Are they supportive? Or so it's a really, really um, interesting question and one that I'm sure Samoa rugby union, Fiji and Tonga are all asking. You know, these people haven't reached out to us yet. The reason why we haven't is because we understand it's really important for us to actually secure the license and to secure the schedule and to have everything in place uh, before we even try to reach out to our union. You know, so we know that we've worked with these rugby unions before with other things. I mean, myself and my my colleagues have actually all provided services uh, voluntary (laughs) over the years for many Pacific Island nations. And so we have those personal commitments and connections with staff there. But essentially, our formal approach to them will be later this week when we explain to them what we've been able to secure and that, you know, this is all-embracing, all-encompassing for the betterment of the Pacific Island nation. And we're really, really excited to, to grow and build that relationship with them moving forward. That's Kanaloa Hawaii Rugby CEO Tracy Atinga. Tahitian football star Te Anui Te Hau's dream of playing in Europe is a step closer after being offered a trial with Dutch third division side Kozakin Boys. The AS Venus striker is the most prolific scorer in Tahiti's National League and was a part of the national team that won the OFC Nations Cup in 2012. Chair of the Netherlands Oceania Support Foundation, Paul Drissen, also works as an intermediary and says the 27-year-old caught his eye at last year's Pacific Games. You know, he's exceptional uh, in the way he plays. 
is he's uh, two legged. He can shoot with both right and left. Uh, he can shoot from. He can he can score from each angle. Very aggressive. Very fit. He's you know he's very complete and he has a lot of potential. So uh, that is that's that was my first impression when I saw him playing against Solomon Islands. Uh, but also against other national teams during those specific games. Um, for, for players that come from French Polynesia especially or, or New Caledonia, obviously there's that natural link up to France. We see it in a lot of other sports where if there are talented uh, individuals from those territories, they, uh, there's often an avenue to, to, to go up to France and maybe play in a league there or, or what have you. Uh, for, for all his talent, he is 27, isn't he? So why do you think... Um, you know that that route, which I guess would be a bit more natural to him, uh, to to maybe go into one of the French leagues or, or clubs, even if it is lower down. Why do you think that hasn't panned out so far? Tahiti, of course, is, is a very remote archipelago, so it, it's those islands are so remote that even maybe the, some of the French uh, scouts cannot find Tahiti. I'm not sure about that. Uh, also, you know, he, he he's the star of Tahiti. Uh, so why leave if you're having stardom in your own uh, territory? Uh, so he has, he has a very good life over there. And um, you need to come with something special uh, to to convince Stay How, I guess. And I don't know why, why he hasn't been scouted all this time. Maybe he, ha- he, he has been scouted, but I don't know. It, it's, it, that's a big question mark to me as well. You obviously think he's talented, but uh, you need to convince uh, a club side to take a chance on somebody that they don't know from the other side of the world that's not 18, 19, that's 27. So uh, for a number of those clubs who have a lot of European talent around them already, uh, you know, that is, uh, I guess, going out on a limb for them. Before I started searching clubs, uh, I first had to have the feeling that that, that he wants to go to, to the Netherlands. That, that, that is something, that answer, I really had to, hear it from himself and only then i started searching for clubs in uh, the second uh, national level of the netherlands then also the third level uh, but the, you know the biggest hurdles are actually yes it is the age uh, and the fact that he only speaks french uh, while in the netherlands we speak two languages dutch and english most people speak two languages some three he also has the challenge of learning another language. Though in these clubs, there are some players who could uh, function as a translator between the coach and Theo. And, and so the, oppor- the opportunity that's been identified is a Kozakum Boys National League club, which I think is what the third or fourth tier in, in, in the Netherlands. Um, what, so what is the situation with them? You know, especially in this COVID nineteen environment, can he actually get over to the Netherlands? What's it going to cost? Who needs to pay for that? And um, how, how long will this opportunity be available? Kozakken boys um, already started training. Uh, Kozakken boys is a third national level in the in the top of third national level. They are continuously asking about Teao that he well when is when is he coming? They are really waiting for that. But on the, on the other hand, they also invited uh, two other strikers to come on trial because they cannot wait and do nothing, of course. They are in a pre-season preparing for the new season. So there's a big time pressure here. Uh, Tehau should not wait uh, too long with uh, booking his flights. But uh, having uh, said he still has to get the funds to make this uh, booking, he has to pay for his accommodation, 
because obviously if you're on trial and you are proposed by an intermediary, well, especially in the, in the third uh, national level where the budgets are not that big, you have to pay it yourself. And then that's, that's also a signal to the club that you're willing to invest in yourself. The amount is roughly around 4,000 Australian dollars, maybe four and a half altogether. I mean, it's not something you just you just expect to have. You had a similar situation earlier this year with a couple of Solomon Island internationals. Akinkawa initially went on a trial with Tashin Rainbows in, in Malta, and I think he ended up trialling at a few clubs, didn't he, before before coming home? Oh, yeah. So, so what what, yes. what what did you learn from that experience? What did he learn from that experience? And even though he wasn't successful in terms of uh, staying long term at a club, is uh, do you think it was still a successful thing to do? And 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 is this process worth it? Atkin Kawa, that's the player we are talking about, a midfielder from the Solomon Islands national football team. He did a great job. Uh, he had to adjust to the to the climate. The things we learned is that you still have to uh, climatize a little bit, like two, three or four days before you actually show yourself to the football club. So that's what we are going to do with Tehau. He will stay at my place. I will take care of him. And coming back on your question, was it successful? Yes, I do think it was successful uh, because he he got like four in, invitations in in a, in a matter of two weeks. The only la- the only hurdle there was it is mid season, a work permit. Uh, takes six weeks to um, get a work permit. You have to wait. You cannot play football. And when the the league uh, restarted in, in in January, February in Malta, he was unable to be fielded straight away. So the fourth club that actually wanted to uh, field him was unable to do so. And then they cancelled their uh, invitation. That's the chair of the Netherlands Oceania Support Foundation, Paul Drissen. A Pacific Island rugby league team based in New Caledonia and Vanuatu is continuing its push to join the Queensland Cup in 2023. The Pacific trays launched in May and have already held testing days for prospective players in Numia, Honiara and Port Vila. The team want to base itself in New Caledonia and Vanuatu and director Sandy Marango says there is huge potential to grow rugby league into new territories. At this stage it's a bit of a setback because of the COVID-19, but the guys are are working behind the scene, negotiating with stakeholders, and uh, the the, the group of islands that we decide to be part of this um, organization. But yeah, I think uh, the last few months, everyone just uh, worked behind the scene trying to uh, negotiate and and, and, uh, work on social media to just to um, promote uh, the, the, the game um, and the team that we um, initiate uh, back in May. It is a very whole unique scenario, isn't it, having a team that, I, I guess, sits across so many different countries and territories? Yeah, that's correct. It's not an easy to do. It's a very unique um, concept um, because this is going to involve... Um, few uh, group of um, islands to, to participate, to form a team. So there, there'll be a lot of work to do in order to get the, the ball rolling, to get things uh, going the, the next uh, coming years. In, in terms of the French Pacific Territories, obviously France are an established rugby league nation, um, but what, what sort of interest is there in rugby league in the likes of New Caledonia and Wallace and Fortuna, French Polynesia? I think, um, I mean, Fanuadu has um, played... Um, few international games, as he mentioned. Uh, I mean, this is a, it's a new um, game to the islands that they haven't played the game themselves, like Nicoletonia and Tahiti, 
But the idea was, um, you know, if we could solve this, I mean, why not? To introduce this game to the, the French territory, so to single Tony Wallace and Futura, Tahiri, I think it just sort of unites the countries together. I mean, uh, Vanuatu was part of the French colony, and I think uh, they, there's always a tie between New Caledonia and, and Vanuatu. And, and, and to come up with this concept, I think it's a great idea to uh, introduce this game to bring people together. I think it's, um, it's a good thing moving forward. And there's been testing days in New Caledonia, I think a couple of them. There was one in Vanuatu on the weekend. What's the, what's the interest been like locally uh, amongst prospective uh, players? A lot of... Um, the community now showing interest because the more we introduce the, the game um, and, and they're playing the game and, and uh, in, in social media promoting the game, it, it will only um, grow bigger from there. So I think um, especially Nicoletonia and Vanuatu, we want to make sure that you know the kids in all, all the schools are, are learning rugby league and, and through all the villages and islands and communities, um, you will only make uh, part of the promotion of the International Rugby League in, in the Pacific Islands. And uh, you've also linked up with the uh, French Federation as well, um, so I suppose that's just a little bit more resources, a little bit more expertise that you can lean on as you obviously try and progress this bid and, and as you say, hopefully try and join the Queensland Cup in the coming couple of years. That's the objective, you know, um, that's our purpose, and uh, we want to get in there and um, give it our go um, and, and, and see where we go from there. But I think we're going to work behind the scenes. We can't just rely to, you know, we're going to show that this is, you know, put things together where we, we go from there. So I think if we can um, put our, our case forward and, and, and show the Queensland Rugby League that we, we mean business, and uh, we're going to go there and get our boys in and, uh, and try and show that. Um, we, we want to be part of it, so I, I think that's the only way we can do it. And Is there a prospect of playing any form of matches, even on a very sort of basic level? Obviously, right now with COVID, uh, things are a little bit different, but yeah, uh, I, if you can get some players together and sort of like a trial basis maybe and, and see how things go? Or? I think that would be a good idea. I think the the, the guys are negotiating that. Uh, we, we're looking at something, some sort of trial before end of the year, um, that's maybe it has to be something to do either probably the, the Vanuatu side playing New Caledonia resident side. Um, it, it's nothing confirmed yet, but there's a possibility. Um, if it happened, it happened. If not, um, we have to look beyond this year and look at what happened next year. But yeah, it's just depending on COVID-19, I guess. Absolutely. And um, in terms of the support that you guys are receiving, like funding-wise, is that all OK um, in terms of COVID? I, I guess it creates challenges with, um, you know, support yeah. and all that? Well, that's great. I mean, there's, uh, because of COVID-19, um, you know, I, I can't comment on, on, on that sort of area because that's part of the negotiation and still going. And, uh, yeah, we, I think we, we just believe in trying to work on, on promoting uh, the game and um, wanting the, everyone, the community to um, go, come behind us. And um, yeah, we want to make it a, a success um, coming 2023. And, and, and what's next, uh, Sandy? Do you just keep having more of these trial days throughout the region? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I think that that's the only way to go. There, there's so many islands, a group of islands, so I think we want to 
make it a success. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of work has to be done to get um, teams together in, in order to have all these trials. But there will be a lot of uh, negotiation and, and work behind the scene to uh, try and um, make something happen. That's the director of the Pacific Trays Rugby League bid, Sandy Marango. And that's the World in Sport for this week. For more, head to our website, rnzi.com. Arira. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.